from the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From the Trenches, real life in the accounting industry. My name is David Boyer from SQL CFO, joined here with Paul Meisner from Freedom Mentoring. We are brought to you by BGL, Australia's number one corporate compliance and superannuation software. I am with them on the road, touring around for their RegTech conference in all major capital cities in Australia. Paul, welcome back. Thank you all. Uh, another week. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Hello, David. Mm. Uh, good to good to have you here. Um, so much content. Let's just get straight into it. What do you got? Um, best on ground for you. Something out of uh, delivery. Well, the delivery got so so for years. We've been talking about the gig economy, and it's really on the hot of it's hot on the heels. Really, everybody's very interested in it. Um, uh, the founder of Employment Hero, um, in his interview that we released last week, spoke about uh, the, the what's happening in the gig economy, the concept of underemployment, the concept of people working multiple gigs to basically make up an FTE as a crisp glass of Coca Cola fizzes away in the background. Paul, oh, it's a Diet Coke. Is that di- I didn't think they made Diet Coke anymore. Oh, it's Coke Zero they don't make anymore. Yeah, really disappointed. Yeah, well, I'm a Pepsi Max fan, although I've been off it a lot. It's been quite healthy for me. Um, And so what happens in the gig economy is really interesting, and it's interesting for us as accountants because we know that the software software companies have been trying to make big plays to be the software provider of choice for the gig economy because what is it? Tens of thousands of little subscriptions. You know, it's a huge market for them. Uh, Deliveroo's come out with a huge announcement saying that they have partnered with an add-on called Solo and Smart, um, which Deliveroo says will allow gig workers to nominate a percentage of income to be saved automatically for tax, super, or just their own savings, streamline money management, uh, generate invoices, quotes, and capturing expenses as well. So this is Deliveroo's preferred, I guess, accounting Solution? Geez, everyone's going after this market, aren't they? Geez, that uh, the gig economy, big market at the moment. Big nice. And so this is really a development forward. This is a giant lurch forward into the way uh, business administration works for gig economy workers, advisors out there and accountants out there who have clients in that space. Check out this app. It's obviously good enough for the team at Deliveroo. Paul, what's interesting about that app for me, according to the website, it integrates with MYOB and Xero, but not QuickBooks. Has QuickBooks missed out on the Deliveroo gravy train of subscriptions? QuickBooks are big in their self-employed solution. Went after that market quite heavily, I believe, David. So I don't know whether there's anything there or just like all of these things, they... They're just not on the website. Well, no, their dev team's just uh, are too busy building all these APIs and just haven't gotten around to it. It is somewhere in the roadmap. I don't know whether you'd read too much into it certainly i think the um again comes it comes down to this sort of an app that is everything you know i think we've got a lot of add-ons now which are just one part of the puzzle i think if something can be you know almost in that taking over that excel type solve a range of problems for one unique niche yeah, I still think that the the, the um, nominating a percentage of your income to be saved, uh, as someone who's dealt with micro business clients, trying to get them. I, I mean, I, I lose track of the amount of people I've said put yeah. away ten percent. You know, put away ten percent in a different account for GST. Put away twenty percent if you want to include 
super or tax or whatever. You, you just physically can't get them to do it. I agree. Or but, they bring it back. But, but you do see, um, yeah, it was Mike Mikowski. I think Mike, Mike, Mike Mikowski. Mike Mikowski, I've forgotten the name of the author, but he wrote this book, Profit First, which talks about different accounts and different buckets as being the best way for small business owners to plan their cash. I mean, gig workers... You talk about people who just do what they want to do, do or need to do and don't really know much about business. You'd think that the delivery driving community would be right up there and I, just need something easy to plan. I got a client who's heavy into that book. Easy to plan. Mm-hmm. And Heavy into that book. Ended up just going, uh, now we're trying to manage bank feeds for about nine different accounts. And I said to him, I said, you're paying 4 or 5% on your home loan. Just go and... Just go and park it in your home loan. Yeah. Get proper reporting on what the figures are, but hide your money there. Automatically earn four percent after tax, and we can do the. He's like, oh, oh, well, that's a great idea. It's going to save him. Are you allowed to give that advice, Paul? Is that financial planning advice? Uh, factual advice based on the ta- tax outcome of a transaction is what I'm going with, David. <laughs> but that was well, well done. Well, if anyone saw my face, then I'd be like, yeah. I kind of get a little you bit. <laughs> I'm going to have to double check. <laughs> just got me a little bit worried there, David. Thank you for that. Uh, but anyway, um, streamlining your money management and access automatic transfers, obviously that's great. Generating invoice quotes and capturing expenses. I think that's really important. Uh, David, I've always been big on uh, swiping a work credit card, just making sure that you're always spending from the one account uh, and the power of bank feeds in capturing a lot of that. Powerful reporting on business income and expenses. I, I think to me that is where it's still um, – takes quite a bit of work to uh, talk about what is deductible, what is accessible. That's it. That's it. Well done. Very that leads uh, a little bit. I've got a big one in a minute, but actually that leads a little bit onto what I was uh, my uh, other best on ground, which is a short but funny tweet by Brian Strieg, who is a CPA in the US. Uh, his tweet was, it's all very simple. If you have to ask, is it taxable? It probably is. If you have to ask, is it deductible? It probably isn't. Hashtag tax life. I just like that. Thank you to Brian for that. And I think fits in well with the delivery. You're it sort of gives, a, a, yeah, which is relation to the production of the show, not necessarily the content of the oh, show. Sorry, so this is getting a bit of a background of what happens here. Uh, so oh, look, best on ground for me, Paul, is something really interesting. Martin Bissett's posted on LinkedIn a question, uh, which I think coaches and people with settled accounts love asking these broad questions, Paul. But this is a pretty good one. Why do we refer to it as an accounting industry? Now, from the treasures is real life in the accounting industry, but accounting, Paul, is a profession. The definition of an industry, economic activity concerned with the processing of raw materials and manufacture of goods in factories. Yeah, well, I think that's clearly just a definition and didn't zero one of the, that's a very narrow uh, definition of industry to be the manufacturing and processing rather than the service industry. Well, many people would say that that's what preparing a tax return is. But profession, a paid occupation, especially one that involves prolonged training and a formal qualification. I mean, clearly under those two definitions, uh, we are. I uh, Obviously, it was a type of post that uh, I often uh, reply to. I did reply in this case. I, I know Martin. Uh, I said, people who aren't accountants but sell to the profession call it an industry to feel like they are included in our profession. It is a profession that seems to attract more than its fair share of barnacles. I'm not sure what <laughs> that was. Barnacles? A, that was a, well, things that stick to the bottom of a boat and just. The boat generally... needs to be stationary and not moving for a barnacle to stick, doesn't it? I, think they, they, I don't think that's true, actually, now that I've said they that. They find their way. Anyway, they need to be. There are uh, any seafaring listeners out there? Let me know. There you go. Uh, look, I, I think 
I, I think certainly this question's come up a bit and I, I think that the general industry talks, for me, the, the general industry talks about more the includes software, um, includes bookkeeping at that lower end, not at that sort of very highly trained end, um, software and obviously that the marketing gurus which seem to just be everywhere. Uh, so I think there are, uh, for me, the bigger question is I think often the firm, um, the how the firms see themselves as being part of an industry. I've always seen myself as being part of a profession, albeit with a greater industry that services that profession. I reckon, I, I reckon it's both. I think I'm a professional. I think that's my individual. The profession are the membership bodies and the industry is the expanded ecosystem of all our suppliers, people who we receive things from and people who we give things to. Yeah, I've always yeah, I've always been strong in the we are providing a professional service. Uh, moving on to two more quick best on grounds for me, Judo Bank. Obviously, we were they sponsored our start a financial, start a financial, year, financial party. year party. Huge success. Judo Bank have just raised. And I'm not big on talking about raises, David. So I will appreciate that we people at home. Saying, Paul, you don't like talking about raises. Uh, 400 mil in the second round equity raise. Challenger Bank with focus on relationship banking, which we obviously know about uh, Judo. Just got their banking license. Um, the They were chasing 200 mil, Paul, in their capital raise. What did they get? Uh 500, uh, 540 million combined investment. Uh, all up, but four hundred million in this round. It's a, it's the it's the largest capital round I think ever for any Australian business. Yeah, we're talking about it because it's a bank. It's a challenger bank. It's not a tech startup. Uh, it's coming as equity. I don't know, Paul. Do, is this going to hit their their lending balance sheet? Is this money to lend out? And, and I think that's that that is where I uh, will allow discussion, or, or oh. will actually think that talking about raising money in a positive sense. So you can either raise it to put on expensive bar tabs and build software that may not actually add. add You're to a key beneficiary of that bar. I wouldn't bite the and, hand that feeds you here, Paul. There's many, there's many add-ons with many bar tabs. I, I do like a bar tab. You'll but, see everyone at Precon before ZeroCon won't be sponsored by Practice Ignition there, and 500 other partners. There is a – look – Raising for dev, raising for what are otherwise sunk costs or future costs. You know, when you're raising to put it in the vault and lend out and earn interest it's on legit. that. It is legit. It's it is legit. A, it is a direct return on investment very quickly, um, you know, and not a particularly costly way. Uh, you know, we, we've spoken to them that you were on a, a lunch road show, which I was uh, lucky enough to be talking about being a beneficiary of lunches. Um <laughs> But the way their problem, they're, they're, you know, their challenge, their challenge, not problem, their challenge will be to scale. But geez, this money uh, certainly can put them, put it to good use. Uh, not sure whether much, some of it will be sales and marketing. But anyway, uh, I think that was it for you, David. I've just got a very quick one only because um, technology, I've, I've often said to you, David, I'm, I'm seeing new technology. Is there new technology? How do you know? I don't get surprised often. I had noticed. Of, I sort of think we have a lot of small. There is a new Time Virtual Reality app uh, from obviously Time Magazine. This was around the moon landing. David, we had a moon party at our Did house. You? We uh, a didn't second, end like the didn't end up like no, the end of a, Revenge of the Nerds. Did second, it when you walked into the space suit? No, and... a second a second um, <laughs> obscure reference. I've got visuals now. Uh, 
Uh, second cousin of my wife is actually a NASA engineer. What? Yep. So he came to he uh, came past the farm on that Sunday. Anyway, we had a moon party. Got the kids into it, which which for me, uh, five and three year old, got them into the moon landing. Anyway, uh, irrelevant. But this time virtual reality app. I haven't seen a lot of virtual reality in, in life. I'm an Apple user, not a Google user. I know there's headsets that go with other devices. Um, I've used one or two, but hasn't really had that mainstream yet. Uh, on the iPhone, Time Virtual App, you could watch, listen to, experience the moon landing, including all of the audio transmission, um, some videos. You can see this from you, you tap a, a place on the desk. It, it puts the it puts the augmented reality, puts the moon surface on your desk or wherever you tell it to, and then you can you can look around and you can watch the lander. You can be in the lander as it lands. You can watch it from the surface. You can track it in the air. It is. It's a really amazing. It was for the more best on ground for the use of technology and how it impressed me. Here's what I want to see. I want to bring this to finance. Now, what I want is virtual reality that shows me the inside of Scrooge McDuck's vault. That is my client's bank account. And then, yeah, you can dive in head first. There'll be people diving in and out of it. But then as they spend money, the vault, the gold coins go down around them. And as they make a sale, the gold coins go up. Around. I want virtual reality cash for my clients to experience and really understand their cash flow. I've always wanted. Uh, is it? Is it? Ant, Who wouldn't pay money to develop Green? that? Who's the, the the ABC election reporter? Uh, yeah. I want his television. You know where he yeah, can press the screen. television at the touch it's screen. It's a Microsoft Surface Tab. About I, eight grand, you can have one. Well, I want I want that for a set of financials. I want to go. Oh, what if we move oh, the mate. revenue to the? Oh, I, I you want. You need to come spend planning. some time with a little thing Lance Rubin and I have been working on. A little app called Modeler. Ooh. which uh, may or may not give you complete interactivity through a chart. Exciting. All right, I look forward to hearing When I say may or may that. not, exclude the may not part. Oh, it's, it's, it's well, calling we're, it. we're giving it to a demo. I'm demoing it to a pretty big client, a 24 mil uh, decent size client on uh, tomorrow afternoon, actually. So we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Uh, let's head to Worst on Ground. From the Trenches. Whatever happened to you doing the worst on ground theme music? Da, 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 da. Uh, don't, can't remember. Can't remember week to week. Worst on ground for me what is have an. You got? Well, an article's come out on a. I don't know what this website is. Matador Network. It looks like some sort of millennial network. This Australian company gives employees thirteen weeks, uh, six to twelve weeks of life leave each year to travel, work part time or simply do nothing. The company in question, Paul, is one of our big four accounting firms, Ernst & Young Oceana. Now, don't, I'm not always that cynical, but I do not want my staff taking up to an entire quarter off for life leave. I get that we need to adopt new ways of working, that there are new expectations of work and that the future of work will perhaps be a bit more integrated between life and work itself. But taking up to three months a year to go and find yourself doesn't make much sense to me at all, Paul. At the end of the day, there's work to be done and somebody needs to do it. I, I mean, I just don't know whether or not this is just, uh, you know, flexible working, which I think is now, um, you know, a part of, of everything. Obviously, you're, if you take three months unpaid, it's just making that it's just making that paid, but getting paid less 
during the year. One of the other interesting in this article, the company is also introducing two new options starting uh, April 1. Term time working, as a parent wouldn't have said this uh, in my previous jobs, term time working will allow employees to work full-time during the school year with all school holidays off uh, for those if, if you have if you have a child. Again, or working... Uh, part-time for three months. Again, a brilliant thing for work. I think that's a great thing for workers, and but still the work needs to be done. I don't want to discriminate between working mums and dads and millennials who, who definitely have less responsibility in their outside of work life. The pressure this puts on a team who needs to get outcomes is immense. I spoke for Chartered Accountants on a panel recently that you were going to talk on. I filled in for you. Uh, what was it called? The uh, Future of Work. Future something, of Work, something about... Um, remote working. Something about... Working, working these sort of styles. And the people on the panel for me were from bigger firms and they spoke about, one, the difficulty of not actually working when you're not rostered on and, two, how important communication was with the team around them because they need to pick up the slack when you're not there and you're not working. And I think this is very aspirational still and puts a huge amount of pressure on teams to still get outcomes whilst everybody else is um, – Getting a getting their work life balance in order, and we're huge advocates of getting work life balance right. Huge, but but I don't know. This this just seems. I can't see this actually working in practice at scale. I, I don't mind it, David. I actually, if, well, if, well, if one parent I'm, and just I'm, I'm just sort of I guess workshopping this in now the family environment. You're you, you're going to experience this, and you do it in childcare, not yet at school. But if. If my staff, or, you know, if, if I had a larger team, and, and you're right, I, I get the disruption to the teams, but if you had that and you could basically just map out all of the dates that they were away, you could put them in the calendars, you could plan potentially some internal projects around it, you could plan events, you could get that um, transparency and you could get that foresight into when somebody was taking leave rather than just saying, oh, yeah, it crops up and oh, by the way, I'm going to put in my notice and I want I want another two weeks in a month. I, I don't know. I reckon being able to plan around it and offer that smooth out the cash flow for people who okay. aren't necessarily what if, what you if, get more information. Uh, uh, it, it, look, obviously, it all needs to be planned. What are you going to do? Only put teams together where there's a balance of people who do have kids and don't have kids, so the workload can be spread. Uh, this just seems like something that's fraught with bias, discrimination. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. It's, I think it's a good thing, but geez, I just, the practicality of implementing this, very, very hard. Very hard. For me, I, and this sort of goes to what I was saying, was I, I think if you, um, yeah, if you appear more flexible, you can get the information that you were going to have gotten surprised with anyway. Like if, if I had a company full of millennials or mums or dads and said, well, okay, look, let's put these options out there so that I can plan the whole year rather yeah. than have any day, of the, any day of the week or month someone can go, oh, by the way, I'm giving my one month's notice and I want, I'll either quit or I'm going to take two months to go travelling. Like I'd rather know that at, at earlier so I can capacity plan for it even in and around it being slightly more disruptive. Agree? Disagree? Anyway, you're, seem I'm, happy with that? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it'd be interesting. Well, I've shared my thoughts. I don't know yeah, what cool. else to no, say. No, that's fine. I probably came out swinging a bit harder than I probably wanted to. Like, I think it's a great idea. I just um, – sorry, it's a great idea and it's aligned with the values that I align within the business that I'm building. But at scale in a big business, 
the end of the day, that audit report's got to get out. The tax return's got to get done. It seems yeah, no, I, I don't I don't disagree. Like, I think there's a lot of we we often get a lot of articles on that. You know, work life balance and all, all that sort of stuff, and trying to be the most flexible work. Hopefully, they have found a way for it to be more positive than disruptive. That's all we hope. What well, else have we got? My worst on ground, David, is interesting coming out of uh, QuickBooks and their self-employed ambassador program, um, cash, giving out cash, cold, hard cash for recommending uh, the QuickBooks accounting system, $50 for every paid subscriber who joins QuickBooks through your QuickBooks self-employed ambassador link. There's an interesting little sort of video on a, uh, a chat uh, chat history where conceivably someone who is an ambassador is sending a group message out saying, I just got 50 bucks, which one of you signed up uh, and offering to pay lunch. So we've had a bit of conversation, David, in the industry about people who who may or may not uh, talk about referral uh, being paid to for comments or for for certain actions. This is an interesting one where they've, for me, it raises do, does would the small business need to tell them uh, if this also was for account accountants and bookkeepers, would they tell them? Interesting. So, what, what strikes me is that that, that QuickBooks is a, a software company, and this is a marketing tactic that's used by software companies, irrespective of their professions. Uber's constantly telling me refer a friend to get ten dollars off a drive. Um, Deliveroo's always telling me get twenty five dollars off when you sign somebody else's account. This is just another marketing strategy that software companies use, and in part, I kind of like. This it is the first one I've seen for for software. I think like Uber, you spend money on the platform, so you get a credit True. to spend oh, money on oh, the platform. This is I, I have I don't think I can't remember seeing this in accounting software. I don't think we've, I've seen it in accounting we've software. We've had three months free, but, but, there, had, but you, it does happen in services. You go to. Into street station, those food fresh companies always handing out fifty dollar vouchers to spend on their platform. To spend on their this platform. Is, this is this looks like cold hard cash because they want to spend it on lunch, not spend it as, on- as an incentive program. Well, maybe they have to do that because accounting is significantly more boring than uh, cooking and eating and travelling from parties to other parties. Potentially, but, but what I do like about it is. It's taken, and it's a great ad. It's, it's sort of following text exchanges with with the work fam. Um, what I like about it is it's it's deseriousing accounting. It's making accounting just look like oh yeah, this is just something that we need to get done, and it's a bit of fun, and it's socialising the way you do administration in your business. That's a hard thing to do. But it also it's just it raises my you know my mind always goes to these things of, of marketing tactics. David is saying that. Maybe it's saying that referral networks are, are, are rather strong. You know that it's we, <laughs> well, they are. It's micro we influencing. Maybe we don't have to do all this sales and marketing training. Well, I, no, it's true. I, I, it's it's tapping into in micro influencing. I mean, think about all the WhatsApp groups that you're in. People are recommending and talking about things all the time. People do with people. They overwhelming. That Absolutely. was obviously a shot to say. Of course, referrals are still massively strong. That's it. Worst on ground. Stay tuned for our. In depth later in the week. Apart from that, have an awesome week. If you've got any content, hit us up. And don't forget to sign up to our newsletter at www.fromthetrenches.com.au. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback, story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at 
Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar.